0: It's hard to believe that you're only 18 years old and you've been told you'll spend the rest of your life in this facility. What I believe is it's possible I could be here the rest of my life. I'm working on my peers to this day. You know, but you say me 18, there's people here 16 years old with, with natural lives. You know, 17. They ain't having established nothing in the world, you know, but growing up. And they stuck in here with a natural life. Needs to change. Something has to change. It's uh, some mothers out there that their sons may be buried and sometimes I feel like that with Cory that is just is it, 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 it's a part of me you know I feel like you know cuz he's so much of him being t- so much taken out from taken away from him from uh, you know be- being incarcerated for the rest of his life sometimes you feel like he's dead? well a part of him you know because he's out you know hes out, he's, he's not out here in the real world like he would Say it you know and uh, he's missing out on a, a, a whole lot. What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? What's going on, everybody? Hope y'all having a wonderful Sunday. I am. I know that for sure. I'm having a good time. Uh, Recorded a show today, this morning. I hope everybody tapped into it. You know, check your boy out. Uh, Also, too, my Michigan Wolverines is doing great right now. So I'm having a blast, drinking a little Corona, you know, and about to give y'all this another podcast today. Once again, I hope everybody had tuned in this morning to uh, Sunday Good News Live. That will be every Sunday uh, right here, 9 9 a.m., giving you the latest stories throughout the week with a little satire follow with it. But on this one here, we like to do things a little different. You know, on Correct the Felon podcast, it's about information, inspiration, and mobilization. That's the whole purpose of this show. And also to check us out tomorrow, me and my brother saw G. Brown Paperback Podcast, and also on Wednesdays, you can check this Purple Pill Politic. Me and my boy Saul G get together on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and we bring y'all uh, the latest. Once again, this we working out here. We ain't playing Libre TV. Y'all get on with the cause. Get on with the movement. Going over to Libre TV, sign you up an account, and welcome to the family. Also, to salute all the Libre uh, TV family over there. So let's get off into it, right? Picking up what we left off at last time with the uh, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2020. Now, last time we just broke down the heading, but but this time I want to get into some of the actual writing, some of the actual tangibles that they have inside this bill. Excuse me. So one of the things that they want to do with this bill is work to end racial and religious profiling. One of the bullet points is prohibits federal, state, and local law enforcement from racial religiously and discrimination and discriminatory profiling. That's interesting there, right? Because I don't believe that you can legislate discrimination. It's just in a person's heart, it's what, what is, it's part of their makeup, it's just who they are. So you can't legislate that. It's going to be interesting to see if this bill goes into law and how uh, they actually deal with policing. Another one that says mandate training on racial, religious, and discriminatory profiling for all law enforcement. Another thing was require law enforcement to collect data on all inventory activities. So this is one particular section of this bill where they talk where talking where they want to work to end racial and religious profiling by police officers. Now, like I said, it's going to be kind of hard to do that, but we just got to wait and see how this thing goes. The Another part that I really want to tap into, hone into on this bill, and it says save lives by banning chokeholds and no-knock warrants. Now, the reason why this is in the bill is because over the past few years, we've seen incidents to where uh, police officers have used their training and chokehold methods to where it cost the lives of somebody. Like, for example, Eric Garner. We know how that went, how that ended up. where a police officer end up choking him all the way to the ground, then choke the life out of him? Uh, as of recent, George Floyd was down on the ground. And we see the police officer with his knee in his neck while he was handcuffed. You know, so this is why these particular things are added into this bill when it comes to chokeholds, right, from police officers. Now, one of the things they want to do, they say, ban chokeholds and cardio holds at the federal level and conditions law enforcement funding for state and local governments banning chokeholds. So what they're saying in this bill is that they have the authority to ban it on a federal level. However, they want to encourage state and local level governments to ban it, by them actually giving the money—that's that, all that they're saying. You know, the, if if they ban these these uh, chokeholds, then they'll give these states and local uh, governments money. That's something. That's all what they're doing. They're trying to win over state and local governments with money. If they ban these things, now let's that's, that's, that's for example, It said um, they they banning uh, cardio holds. Let's just look at that for a minute, right? This graph that I'm putting up, okay, is it's cardio and chokeholds. Even with expert execution, a cardio restraint can easily turn into a chokehold. And it gives some illustrations on what's supposed to be proper. One, it says a cardio restraint. In the cardio restraint, officers use their arm to apply pressure to the sides of a person's neck, which if applied correctly, cuts off blood flow. It can render someone unconscious quickly. Then it says a chokehold. A chokehold, which is banned by the department, puts pressure on the front of the neck and throat cutting off air. So <clears throat> this is a particular method that police officers use, a cardio restraint, right? And the purpose of this, and don't get it twisted, I'm not an expert in you know policing. I've never been a police officer. Uh, I've never hung out with one like that or anything remotely close. I'm just going off what my research showed me when it comes to these chokeholds with police officers. These are methods that they were trained in using. And so once again, the cardio restraint is supposed to be able to apply enough pressure around a, a suspect's neck for them to lose conscious quickly. Just pretty, pretty so much to a point to where they can just break them down. <laughs> well, we know that. In a lot of these cases, it, it, it goes from uh, a cardio restraint to an actual chokehold. You know, and this is the problem. This is why they want to ban this particular chokehold because oftentimes, like it says, even with expert execution, a cardio restraint, a cardio restraint can easily turn into a chokehold. And I can see why, based on the, 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 the illustration that I have up on the screen, you can easily see how that could happen. Because once again, if we look at a few of these situations that happened throughout the country, we can see how easily that became a chokehold. So like, for example, in Eric uh, I mean Eric Gardner case, you can already see based on the graphic that I put up that is immediately going into a chokehold. It's not going into the uh, restraint that he was trained, that the officer was trained with. It's going straight into a chokehold, I guess because of the size of Eric Gardner, but once again, it's going straight into a chokehold. I don't even think that he was thinking of his training when he decided to put Eric Gardner in this chokehold. And we also know when it when it comes to George Floyd that we still don't know what kind of move that was supposed to be. What was his purpose behind that? You no, know, why, would, why would he feel it was necessary to have his knee in George Floyd's neck while he was handcuffed on the ground? So, these are some things that in the bill that I agree with. It's time to get rid of them. And when officers do practice these particular moves and maneuvers, that they be held responsible for these actions. Like, I'm, I'm not against police officers. I'm not. You know, I do understand that there is a particular purpose for police officers. Police officers are not into crime prevention, but they, and they are here in response to crime. Now, for some reason in our country, we feel like that if we have more police officers on the street, if we have more police officers around the country, then crime is somehow going to decrease. No, that's not necessarily so. Because it's only in rare occasions that a police officer actually catches somebody committing a crime. It's usually always after, you know, they go make an arrest after the person has committed the crime. So I think we need to understand the role that police officers play in our community, especially here in the black community. All right. Like right now, my street is quiet. If I decide to go break into my neighbor's house, the police not going to stop me from doing it. They're not. Right. Now, if my neighbor gives me, give the police some information at the call, and I give them some information about me, then the police are going to come for their arrest. But initially, nah, police officers don't commit crime, uh, prevent crime. So I think we need to have a real understanding of what police do in this country. And so there needs to be some kind of accountability for their actions because they're starting to go, you know, haywire. Not all of them, just those rogue ones, just those bad ones. Those few bad apples, you know, make it worse for every other police officer that's on the force. Because here in the black community, we tend to look at them as the enemy. I mean, we do. Let's just call a spade a spade. In the black community, the police is the enemy. Not just because they're police, but because they're government. Like black people look at government as an enemy. And the police are an extension of the government. For one, because there's no accountability never held for the police officers when they when they commit misconducts and so this is why this bill is so important uh, another thing that they talk about in here is ban no-knock warrants in drug cases at the federal level and conditions law enforcement funding for state and local governments banning no-knock warrants at the local at the local and state level now this is you know we already know brianna taylor is actually the person who actually highlighted this particular issue you know um, she tragically lost her life when police kicked down her door from a no-knock warrant her boyfriend opened fire you know because he was unaware of who it was and police officers o- returned fire striking Breonna Taylor and in my personal opinion I think there needs to be justice for that I think the officer who killed her the officers who killed her should go to prison but I think at the same time, too, that other people need to be held, held accountable because everything about that situation was bad. There was no drugs found. She was not with a drug dealer. In fact, there was, if I'm not mistaken, there was at the wrong apartment, but people like to politicize everything, and it's crazy. But those officers need to be held accountable. I think one officer was charged with one-time endangerment because he actually hit the neighbor's house, not her. I mean, kind of society we live in. But anyway... Banning no knock warrants. I don't see this as a bad idea. I think that no knock warrants should be banned. You know, I'm gonna put a graph up and we're gonna just look at it a little bit and break it down. On this graph, you can see it's multi-different colors. This graph of the country, right? And one of them says uh police must announce themselves. There's only one state that has that as a law, and that is Oregon. That police officers must announce themselves Maj- uh, one half of the country or well, majority of the country uh where no not warrants are likely granted from the graphic look like overwhelming oh, majority of the country allows this to happen then you have a, a few states that not granted but forced by entries allow under exit exit uh, circumstances so you know this needs to be changed you know i remember getting caught in a raid back in 1991 and I'll tell this quick story. Back in 1991, I was caught in a drug raid. However, when the police knocked on the door, they announced themselves. They said, police, we have a, we have a warrant. Open up. And then they kicked down the door. You know what happens in the process of that? When the police announced themselves, police, we have a warrant. Open up. And then moments later, the door comes down. The average criminal does not think about returning for hire. or or shooting whatever activities are going on at that house their goal is to get rid of it same thing we did when we heard that the police were outside the door of the drug house that we were in back in 1991 we heard that we went scrambling to get rid of the drugs we didn't think about returning or or, or pulling out guns and blazing at whoever's coming at the door because for one we knew it was the police like oh shit the police here Yo, let's go. Some of us tried to jump out windows, but the number one thing we tried to do was flush the dope. So, in my personal experience with raids, I think it's imperative that police officers announce themselves. And then it will cut back on police and civilians, or do you want to call them alleged criminals? Starting to exchange fire, because also too, in, in, in the drug house that I was in back in 1991, we did have guns in there, and we had guns in there because we thought people were coming in to try to rob us. So if the door would have came down and nobody had announced themselves, yeah, then we would have got the shooting. Yeah, we would have got the blaze in there. But because the police would say, "Hey, police, open the door. We have a warrant to search." We knew then, oh shit, it's the police get rid of the drugs." And if police announce themselves, I don't think that there's nothing wrong with that. If they announce themselves, like I said, it cuts back confusion on who's on the opposite side of that door. And I think right now to this day, if the police would have announced themselves with Breonna Taylor, we wouldn't have a worldwide movement saying say her name. We wouldn't. Because they could have responded just by when the door came open. whoa, 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 hold on, officer. It's just me and my girlfriend. It would have been that. He wouldn't have been thinking that somebody was coming in here to try to harm them. But like I said, this is the fault of the police and the municipal municipal courts that allow these kind of practices to happen. As of right now, no not warrants uh, banning them are starting to pick up a lot of steam in the country. I'm going to put up another graph and we're going to talk about it. And I'm talking about politically. On this graph, it says police reform measures have support across party lines. So it says require the use of body cameras, all voter, voters, 87 percent, Democrats, 80, I mean, 90 and Republicans, 84 train police on de-escalation and prevention over majority uh, voters. 84 percent supported. Democrats, 87, Republicans, 83 create a national database for disciplinary records. 82 percent of all registered voters support it. Eighty-eight percent of Democrats, seventy-nine percent of Republicans, you know, mental health experts to assist officers. Seventy-six percent of all voters supported. Eighty-three percent of eighty-two Demo- percent of Democrats, seventy percent of Republicans supported. You know, ban chokeholds. Seventy-three percent of uh, registered voters supported. Eighty-five percent of Demo- registered Democrats and sixty percent of Republicans. I mean, uh, here's another now because it's so medium, but. I'm just going to read this last one, federal ban on no-knock warrants, 64% of all uh, voters support it, 75% of Republicans, 52%, I mean, excuse me, 75% of Democrats, 52% of Republicans support it. As we see right now, there's a demand for police reform in our country, regardless of what side you're on on the aisle. I mean, you can see there's strong numbers with Republican support, and usually Republicans' Usually get the support of the police officers. They usually, as they call it, back the blue. But in this instance, because there's so much misconduct going on, even Republicans and conservatives are behind police reform. The only people that make a mess out of this is the citizens. They like to political gangbang. bang. You know, they feel like if you know if you support police reform, then you're not supporting. Your police officers. They feel like if you, you know, support, you know, no, not warrants, then you're looking after the criminals. And I can understand why no, not warrants will be important to some people. Right. Because they don't want the criminal, the the so-called criminal to get rid of whatever it is the police officers are coming in there for. But they can still get it even just by a few seconds announcing themselves. So I think that it's important in this country that we realize the need for police reform. I mean, if you don't live in those communities to where you see it on a, daily, on a day-to-day basis, then it shouldn't even be your fight. It shouldn't even be your argument. You shouldn't even really have anything to say against it. But if you're somebody like myself that has lived in the black community all his life, that has had bad experiences and encounters with a police officers, but you want police officers available, then you will hope that there were some reforms would happen. Because I have teenage boys. I don't want none of them. I have two teenage boys and their older son. I don't want my boys to go to the store to get some juice and never come home because he had an encounter with the police. Like, people can't fathom that. You know, especially white conservatives and white Republicans. Like, you can't fathom the ideal of telling your son how to respond if you're pulled over by the police. Because in the blink of an eye, it can just go all bad, even if your son is doing everything right. So, if we put in these reforms, I think that we'll have a better society and a better relationship between community and policing. I think that it actually can work. I remember growing up when I was younger, you know, the police officers used to get out the cars and come talk to us, play basketball, let us sit in the cruisers, turn on, the you know, siren and lights and let us play with it a little bit. They were actually building relationships with the community. Now they just ride through and stare. If if you're standing up, they walk into your mailbox, they'll get your mail. They just ride by and stare and look at you kind of crazy. So uh, once again, I'm all for and overwhelming majority of the country is for these reforms. One of the last things I want to talk about is it's required that deadly force be used only as a last resort and requires officers to employ de-escalation techniques first. Let's, let's talk about that for a minute. De-escalation. I think that that's the number one thing that police officers need to exercise the minute they respond to a call. Now, if it's a, you know, a murder suspect or something like that, You know okay i get it you have to be on height alert you know but if you're responding to a simple domestic call for example george floyd domestic call eric garner domestic call uh rashad brooks domestic call most of these are just domestic calls the number one thing that they should be doing is de-escalation even if the person who they're responding to is getting a little haywire they still, they still should use de-escalation techniques first, instead of applying force and aggression on top of or meeting the aggression with the aggression from the person, because it can save lives. You know, uh, we're we're the only country that I that I believe we live in that, you know, you know, if you, you know, Michael Vick, you know, we put more value into a dog's life than we than a human's life because we like to justify, you know, that the, the human life can be knocked off for any apparent reason. But when it comes to a dog, no, no human should do that. I think that human life trumps animal life. And I think that we should be doing everything in our power to make sure that life is valued, not just from the police perspective, but also from, you know, community perspective. As much as I talk about police brutality, I talk about love for self also. In our community. I think that that's the number one thing that we should be focused on, is loving each other. But the thing that I always argue too is this here when people are like, well, what about black-on-black crime? Uh, Most black people go to prison. Most black people go to jail when they commit a crime. Police officers tend not to. This is the argument. This is the reason why we want accountability. But once again, I'm all for loving the community first. I think that it's imperative that we have that, you know? that we step up and, and police our own communities. We really don't need police officers. We can do this. We used to do it back in the 60s and 70s and 50s. It's time to start doing that again. And then there won't be a need really of the police in the community. But until that happens, we have to get ourselves together and we have to do what's necessary, okay? So listen, I'm not going to hold y'all long tonight because your boy was up this morning recording one. Um, You know, like I say, Sunday Good News Live will be a thing. Tap in every Sunday at 9 a.m. You know, I'll have the links. I'll, you know, make sure that you get a, a notice in advance. And also, once again, too, tap into me and my bro, 50 Shades of Saw G, every Monday at 7 p.m. Make sure you tap into uh, that's the Brown Paperback podcast. Also, to make sure you tap in to us every Wednesday. I think we got a special guest Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Now we'll you know announce that later. But the Purple Pill Politic, check us out there. Make sure you check us out on LibreTV.co. And also to Middle Passage Media. Make sure, you know, y'all go uh check out what you, what your boy got going on over there. You know, we keep up to date information on what's going around on the world and also in America. You know, and also to copy some merch, donate. Support the brand. Support the company. Every account goes straight into Middle Passage Media. So until next week, you know, Sundays is a busy day for your boy. So next Sunday, tap into, like I said, Sunday Good News Live. And then later that night at 7 p.m., Correct the Felon Podcast. I just want to say, hey, everybody out there, continue to have a blessed Sunday. Go Michigan. We're doing this thing. We're going all the way. We're going to win it. I predicted it. That's how we doing it. And I pray that everybody have a blessed day on purpose.